0: Hello and welcome to Mortgage Insider from Barclays, the podcast series for mortgage brokers. I'm Phil Spencer. You may know me from a certain TV property programme. What you might not know is that I trained as a surveyor and launched and ran one of the UK's first ever property search companies. In this series, I'll be using my experience to get to the heart of the biggest issues in mortgage broking. You'll hear from industry leaders, brokers, as well as Barclays' own in-house experts. We'll share insight and expertise to help you navigate the challenges, the changes and the opportunities that lie ahead for intermediaries in 2023. The buy-to-let market has seen a number of changes during recent years, including tax and regulatory changes. When you factor in higher interest rates and a slowdown in the housing market, it's led to some headlines asking if we'll see the great buy-to-let sell-off. So, what does it all mean for brokers? I spoke to one to find out.
1: My name is Michelle Leyland and I'm a specialist buy-to-let mortgage broker. I work at South Yorkshire Money and we're based in Rotherham. I'm speaking to a lot of very worried landlords at the moment. They're looking at their portfolios and thinking... (sighs) The, the tax has increased the yield is is down overall what is my purpose of, of doing this it's causing them significant stress uh, of keeping this this going some of them the clusters professional landlords but they've probably got full-time jobs as well and Another big impact I'm seeing is the fact that if they've got to get their property an energy performance certificate, which is a, a rating of C to A by 2025, how are they going to going to fund this? For years, I've heard my southern colleagues and friends complain that, you know, things are really tight. The buy-to-let market is wobbling. And yeah, it's finally catching up with us and I'm now seeing the same kinds of effects that started uh, in the city uh, a couple of years ago now and I can I can feel the, the pain the stress of, of my landlords up north having to now go through the same changes in their portfolios
0: to find out more about the buy to let sector I spoke to Anisha Beveridge Anisha is the head of research at Hamptons. Anisha, great to see you. Thank you for coming in. Let's just start, if we can, with, with a kind of broad picture about how, how are things in, in the biotech sector? How are they looking? How's the year shaping up at the moment?
2: Well, I think certainly towards the end of last year, the buy to let sector was in a bit of a state of flux. And I think, <laughs> weren't we all? <laughs> absolutely. Yes. And that was sort of playing across the wider market. But I think the beginning of this year, things have started to settle down a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think the buy to let sector is probably going to be characterized by a year of transition in 2023, mm. um, predominantly as sort of landlords adapt to this, this new world of, of higher interest rates. So yeah. we'll certainly see some changes in 2023. But I think think it's possibly hopefully not quite as bad as some people thought
0: let's can you could you just expand on the changes because there was so there was so much uncertainty back end of last year as you say and there was an awful lot in the press about landlords are gonna sell up everyone's gonna leave buy to let doesn't make any sense anymore they're struggling to make ends meet and and i was deeply worried at the time that if all the bite If a large number of buy-to-let investors sold up because they couldn't make the numbers stack up, then rents would rise because tenants have lack of choice. Is that actually happening?
2: Not necessarily. Um, We didn't see too many signs of landlords selling up last year. Um, So, for example, landlords made up around 15% of all sellers in 2022. Mm. We've seen a slight rise in January this year, but that's quite an odd month. So we're waiting to see a little bit more evidence of that. And I think interest rates have fundamentally changed the sums for a lot of landlords. Mm. Around 70% of landlords own their buy-to-let with a mortgage. lot of that group don't necessarily don't have huge levels of debt they've been in the game for a number of years they've accrued equity in those homes and so actually those higher interest rates don't make quite so much of a difference so
0: what about the the tapering of the tax relief because that's been a big change
2: yeah absolutely and i think that's been probably the Biggest change to the to the mm. profitability of buy to let that we've seen, um, and when you combine that with with higher interest rates for the average landlord in Great mm. Britain, who's probably earning maybe around a six percent gross yield, um, if they're a higher rate taxpayer, it probably means that they'll be making a loss this year, which mm. is one of the big things behind this change. But um, lower rate taxpayers, limited company tax yes. um, taxpayers as well, of what we've seen a lot more of over the last few years.
0: Of people putting their portfolios into a limited company.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's been one of the ways to to get around the the changes, uh, the tax changes. So a lot more limited company um, activity happening and they're obviously taxed in a different way. So they can still offset their mortgage payments from their tax bill, which softens Mm -hmm. the blow a little bit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. A little bit. Uh, But of course, we've got the EPC regulations that that we're not quite sure how that's going to pan out yet. But I mean, these are perhaps not so much topics that brokers need to concern themselves with. But certainly landlords are are, are conscious of that. Having said all of that, yields are probably on the rise, are they? House prices falling slightly, rents rising slightly, high demand. Yields must be tipping upwards?
2: Fractionally, we're, we're yet to see it play out in the data, um, okay. mainly because most of the house price data isn't showing considerable house price falls yet. So okay. um, rents are still rising around the 8% mark across Great Britain. Um, house prices have pretty much been matching that like for like across, across um, overall. Yeah. Um, but I think this year we will likely see house prices stagnate, if not see small house price falls. But the risks are weighing on house price growth. we think are actually going to bolster rents. So we still seem to think that rents will rise around 5% uh, this year and into 2024
0: too. It all swings and roundabouts. It does, it does. That keeps us interested. (laughs) I've got a a stat here that I I picked out. In in November 22, the average landlord nearing the end of a buy-to-let mortgage with a 75% LTV will likely face a 151% increase in mortgage payment or £4,500 extra a year. Rents would therefore need to rise by 33% to keep pace. That I kind of read that and went, whoa, that's, that's quite full on. That, those are big numbers. Yeah,
2: it's scary. Mm. And again, it's higher rate taxpayers who will probably fall into a loss if they're in that sort of situation. Other landlords might be okay. Yeah. Um, and of course, that's maximum leverage too. So that is remortgaging your property at the maximum 75% LTV, which for a lot of landlords now doesn't make the sun okay. stack up.
0: Okay. Um I'd, I'd be fascinated to get your 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 perspective on whether the profile of buy-to-let landlords is changing. What are you, what are you seeing out there in terms of age or experience?
2: So I think one of the one of the things that we're interested to track at the moment is we're wondering whether some of the landlord's sell-off is coming back to the fact that it was around 25 years ago that the buy-to-let mortgage launched. Um, okay. And I think a lot of people that sort of grew with the private rented sector and bought in quite early yeah. are probably nearing retirement yes. age now. Yes. Um, so I think the new wave of landlords that we're starting to come through are more professional, more of those are using Limited companies to to fund their purchases and keep their portfolio. Okay, there's a lot less sort of inheritance or accidental landlords around now, purely because there's so much regulation and it's hard to make the the numbers yeah. work. You have to do your do your um, research now.
0: That's really interesting because it, it that that would um, that would explain that would explain quite a lot. If 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 somebody's if somebody got into to the early doors twenty five years ago and they are now sixty ish plus. They're thinking of retirement, the buy-to-let sector's got more complicated, more regulation, more reg tape, more tax, and they're kind of thinking, well, we might be at the top of the market, maybe we should release some cash equity, in. cash in.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think there's there's probably yeah. quite a lot of that going on. It's it's hard to measure, um, but it's sort of the theory stacks up, doesn't it? Yes, it, it makes sense. Yeah.
0: If somebody has, and I understand quite a number of people are putting their portfolios into a limited company, how how or does that change the mortgage that they can get, then get?
2: Yeah. So typically limited company mortgages have always come at a higher mortgage rate. There's a premium attached to them because sometimes they're considered a little bit riskier um, in the way that some of that money can be recouped should they should they go into liquidation or something like mm-hmm. that. So that's the worst case scenario. Um, and they are taxed very differently as well. Um, but that is changing. There are a lot more limited company mortgage mm. products becoming okay. available now. So that gap is, is closing, which makes it Probably more appealing, actually, for okay. people to put their buy to let. So I suppose it stands companies. to
0: reason as the demand for those products increases, then so the availability that does as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And there's more competition in the mortgage market now. So yep. more lenders are seeing that as an opportunity yeah. space. So um, they're having to be a little bit more competitive on their rates.
0: Can we chat a bit about... Um Regional differences. Are there regional differences? Because is there a north south divide? You know, what, what's the market tends to be quite polarized in the normal buying and selling market. Does the same exist in buy to let?
2: Yeah, absolutely, particularly from a yield basis. So for quite some time now, yields have been much higher in the northern parts. So your places like Hartlepool, County Durham, Burnley, they're consistently at the top of the yield hotspot list. Yeah. And you can probably average gross yields around. 9% mark there. Really?
0: When you that look won't at- last. Now we've had a chat about well, it. Well, I'm, I'm off be- to Burnley. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, there's a lot of that going on. And it's, it's one of the reasons why so many London-based investors now are purchasing their buy-to-lets further north. So right. London and the south um, offers a lot lower yields. You're probably averaging around 5% gross yield in London. Um, but Historically, over a long period of time, it's these areas that have seen the strongest capital growth. So investors have earned their money in very different ways across the regions too.
0: Yeah, I, I've always, my opinion is it's always been a long-term game. If you're in it, you're in it for the for the long haul. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got to ride out a market cycle. You know, markets move. That's the, that's what happens.
2: Yeah, I mean, most landlords now, I think landlords going forward will own their buy-to-lets for even longer than we've seen in the past. Yeah. But most landlords even selling today have owned those properties for 10 years. So you yeah. look at what they're, what's happened to mm. prices and rents during that time, and they have had it pretty good over mm. the long term. Yes,
0: is build-to-rent going to make much of an impact?
2: Sort of. I mean, build-to-rent is probably the fastest growing um, sector in the sort of rental market. Um, but it's still a very niche product, in my sure. opinion. It's very expensive. Um, it's all obviously new build um, with flashy sort of amenities, <laughs> pools, <laughs> cinemas, everything. Yeah. Um, and a lot of tenants can't afford it fundamentally. Yeah. So it's not going to solve today's sort of housing issues, but it is, is helping with that supply problem.
0: We're digressing, Anisha, but um, forgive me because I could talk about this forever. Um, What about longer leases? Do you ever see a day when tenants could get a ten-year lease? I mean, would that? I would imagine that would suit a landlord. It would suit a tenant. I don't know whether it would suit a lender.
2: It seems to be coming a little bit more. Okay. Um, there are obviously lots of uh, the green paper going through government at the moment, and they're sort of uh, talking about the end of no-fault evictions and all that jazz. And I think longer leases and giving tenants more security is certainly a good thing for the private rental sector. Yeah. It's in most landlords' interest to, to keep their tenants in their homes, if they're good tenants, yes. um, for as long as possible. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Possibly not 10 years, but I think okay. we'll see those tenants Tenancy lengths um, rise over time.
0: Got it. I mean, it's similar to Europe, isn't it?
2: Yeah. yeah. Renting's yeah. far more popular in, in Europe yeah. than it is here. We're still waking up to that a bit.
0: Yeah. I promise we will get on to brokers, but I pulled out one other stat that I'd love to get your thoughts on. Milton Keynes apparently has seen a growth in the numbers of buy to let, by a 667% increase in 21 to 22. Why on earth? I mean, I just can't fathom that number.
2: I'd love to see the sample sizes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, you can't either. I'm well, not maybe sure that about answers that <laughs> my question. Um, go on then. What, what does this all mean for brokers at the end of the day? Because the, 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 the audience listening to this, mortgage brokers across the country, different regions, different price brackets, different types of clients, what, what are they going to need? They're going to need to have conversations with their clients and, in an informed way. And it's a difficult market to read.
2: Absolutely, things are changing so quickly, and I think landlords need more guidance than ever before. And I think typically, and most landlords would probably knock on a broker's door and say, look, I just want to remortgage my buy to let, find me the lowest interest rate possible. Mm. I think today they need scenario planning and they need help looking at, is it worth paying down debt on that mortgage? What's the opportunity cost of doing that? If they've got big portfolios, is it worth selling one perhaps property and kind of minimising, putting that cash into others? There are lots of different options, never mind the length of fixes and the rates available on those. So I think it's guidance and scenario planning is, is really key for investors going forward. Mm.
0: You've got to be more strategic nowadays. Absolutely. You? The easy money has gone. That's that's over. That ship's sailed. We've got to think about it very strategically and carefully.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think gone are the days where landlords would typically be able to buy a property, remortgage it in a year or two's time, mm. max out their leverage to take to take money out of it and reinvest. Um, generally, it's 75% LTVs that the numbers don't make sense anymore, or you're approaching it with a very long-term view. Sure. So, yes, it, yeah. it's changed fundamentally. Yes,
0: um, and you know a lot of these landlords will be very sophisticated investors, but actually they they don't work in the mortgage markets on a daily basis, and and it will be done. They will lean on the brokers. Yeah, absolutely. For advice.
2: Yeah, I mean, brokers know what rates are available. And mm. that, as we've seen over the last six to seven months, that's changing every single day, if not by the hour at times. <laughs> yes, yes. So, yeah, buy to let landlords can do their own research. But yeah. it's, it's brokers that normally should be able to give the best advice.
0: Mm. And, of course, it's also um, every situation is different. Every, every investor's own plans are different. So, so what may suit one won't suit the next one. So, you know, brokers will have to be informed and on their game.
2: Yeah, and I think again, it comes down to what does the landlord want from their buy-to-let portfolio? Are they nearing retirement and are thinking of selling selling yeah. some of those? Do they want to pass it on through inheritance? Do they are they just starting a portfolio? There are so many um, different actions that that landlords can take based on their kind of longer term strategy mm. too.
0: Anisha, you made me reflect on my portfolio. I'm off to see my (laughs) broker. Um, Lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much. Really, really great stuff.
2: Thank you. You too.
0: That was Anisha Beveridge, Head of Research at Hamptons. The views expressed by external guests in this podcast are their opinions only and do not necessarily reflect the views of Barclays. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Insider. I'm Phil Spencer, and this has been a Fresh Air production for Barclays. Please rate, review and follow the podcast on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.